You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Now, if you haven't had the opportunity to stop into your local Interstate Batteries retail store and talk with a battery specialist, you need to do that because these guys are very knowledgeable about every kind of battery, hence the name Interstate Batteries, from your truck to your trail camera to your rangefinder. Any battery that you need, these guys can help you find. Even if it's a specific, unique, one-off battery, these guys can help you find what you need. If you want to find out more information on Interstate Batteries, about their brand, about their history, about the company in general, and all the batteries they offer, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Friday, and I'm pretty excited. Well, I'm editing this on a Thursday night, but uh, tomorrow's Friday, and I kind of have an easy day. And I'm not going to say easy from a work standpoint because I still got to do everything that I do for the Sportsman's Nation on a a given day, but I'm down one kid. Uh, My youngest kid is at my dad's for the next two days, and that means that I will be able to get shit done around the house. I don't know about you, but like trying to run a business out of your house and also watch a watch kids at the same time is a little bit difficult. But today we're going to be talking with my man, my friend Clinton Fawcett and Clinton is uh, a buddy of mine who I've met, you know, through quote unquote the industry. He films for bowhunting.com. And he does a whole bunch of hunting, right? He is an avid whitetail guy, just like myself. And uh, that is uh, who I'm talking with today. And listen to his stories because he goes through even, I'm going to call him, I'm going to put him in the seasoned bow hunter or seasoned whitetail hunter category. And even he makes dumb mistakes. And I make dumb mistakes every single year. And sometimes we know those mistakes sometimes we don't know those mistakes or we know what we need to do and then we still make the mistake anyway but uh and then learning from those mistakes and uh being success being successful in the end so it's a really good episode about you know once again consistency persistency learning from failure and getting the job done just from grinding it out man so i love stories like this and he has a a different approach to how he hunts just like everybody else does so uh definitely something to uh to, to listen to there now before we get into this episode we have to do a commercial and today's commercial once i find my paper here is gonna be the average conservationist. I don't know why I'm ill prepared as always, but head on over to theaverageconservationist.com and check out their full lineup of apparel hats. Um, these guys make some really kick-ass hats, and I have a couple of them that I am wearing 
uh, on a regular basis. I love the logos. Uh, one of them has like a leather patch on it, uh, camouflage, uh, some really cool logo tees, some cool hoodies, uh, a couple camo, camo hoodies as well. So there's that, right? They, they're a, a, a camo apparel company that um, makes a you know some really good apparel. With that said, they give 10% of all of their profits to some form of conservation. And uh, they are also a 2% for conservation certified company, just like the network here is. So uh, take a look at theaverageconservationist.com. Now, let's get into today's episode with Clinton Fawcett. Three, two, one. On the phone today, a guy who I always like catching up with once the season is over, uh, Mr. Clinton Fawcett. What's up, brother? Not much, man. Normally, this would take place last week at the ATA show. But I know. I know. Since that didn't happen, I know. we are. Now, we're going to have to just do it the old-fashioned way over the phone. Right. Or I could just drive to Iowa. <laughs> we got bars in Iowa, too, man. Right. Right. Um. So I don't know why I, why I thought of this, but you're an electrician, right? Yes. Okay. Have you ever seen a really bad electrical burn or like one of those, oh my God moments? Like, have you ever been around, you know, I don't, I don't want to say, you know, like be gruesome or gross, but have you ever witnessed an electrical death? No, no. I have not. Okay. We have been, we, we have been, we have never ourselves got hurt, but we have had several close calls where we should have got hurt really bad. Yeah. So I was working in a factory once and there was a dispute about fixing this machine, right? So they went in and they were, they went to shut it off, this, this machine off. So the maintenance team could come in and work on it. Well, the box was at the time also being worked on and there was a lockout on it. Right. And we know the rules, you know, don't ever cut, don't ever cut a lock off of a, you know, unless it's yours. Right. Right. Anyway, this dude, he goes in and cuts the bolt off of it and he starts to mess around with the electrical box. And mind you, this isn't the, the electricity running through your house. This is the electricity running through a massive factory. And yeah. it just splits his arm like a hot dog that's been in the microwave for two minutes. Just opens it up. Like, you know, when a hot dog just has that that rip all the way across oh, yeah. it. Now, yeah. I wasn't there when it happened, but... I'll tell you what, that would be nasty to observe. Right. It, it's actually about the same thing as the hot dog, honestly, the yeah. way it works. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, that dude just had, he got his arm, he had to have his arm amputated. Well, if, if you think about it, the, the blast from an electrical fault, from a, from a ground fault or an arc fault is so fast and it explodes so quick. It's it's just incredible if you can ever watch it in slow motion. Yeah, yeah. I uh, that's why whenever I do like when I when I did the remodeling on on my house and I built my office up above my garage. When it came to like electrical work, I I called someone in for that because I that's one thing <laughs> I don't want to mess with at all. Right, right. I I find that a lot, or I find my buddies just want me to. Uh, you know, come over and hang out and do electrical work (laughs) and have a couple of beers. Hey, and sometimes that buddy might live in Wyoming like Dustin. So I go out there. I'm like, yeah, I guess I can come do some electrical work in Wyoming. I mean, I got to go fishing or shoot turkeys or something. Is that, that, is that mean you're trading me for a hunt? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's what I said. I'm like, what are we doing? I mean, I'll I'll come work. What else are we going to do? That's a fact. So man, you had one hell of a season. Yeah. It was, it's, it's been a great year. I, I feel like I took, you know, 2020 sucks. I don't care about the coronavirus really. Um, but just the fact dude, they shut down football and sports and the kids aren't in school over here most of the time. And and it just sucks. Right. Like, yeah, man, it sucks. Yeah. But you know, there's always positives with the negatives. 
Yeah. So I ain't been to a practice. They kicked us out of the weight room at the school. We haven't been able to do that with the football kids. So I've been in the tree a lot. I haven't kept track of how many days. I always say I'm going to, but I never do because I don't want my wife to know really, like <laughs> how many days it is. You know what I mean? Like yeah. how many days a week do you go? Oh, a couple, three. Oh, yeah. it's surely more than that. No, probably just three weeks. I mean, I'm sure it's it's been more than that, right? Like, yeah, for sure. Well, it's, but, it averages three if you take in two days outside of the hunting season, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Like we have to make it six, six months long if we're going to get my three days a week. Right. So, but, <laughs> but we have, we have had, we have had a great year. We've, we've had a great year. I, I it, it's been awesome. So it's been awesome. in Illinois, right. You can get two buck tags, right? Correct. Now, correct. Can you also get a landowner's tag or like a, a gun tag or is it just two tags for everybody? It's just two buck tags. That's all you can get. Okay. All right. And so, you can take them with, with shotgun or bow or, or muzzle loader. All right. So uh, different times, but only two total. Right. So a guy realistically could have one hell of a, a day in his tree stand and two big bucks run by his tree stand during the rut and he can shoot both of them right then and there. Correct. I always have two tags in my pocket. Okay. All right. So let's talk about uh, this season, man, because uh, like I said, you had one hell of a year going into the, the 2020 season. Did you, were there any bucks on the farms that you had access to that were in the back of your head all summer or ever since last season? Um, yes, I, I just one. I, I only had one deer that I was really like thought I, I would have a chance at, at killing him. And, uh, and I didn't get him killed and I had a couple different opportunities I messed up, but I, I have a, a big 10 pointer, um, up on one of the farms where the deer just summer there, like they're there all the time. And, and dude, I was getting pictures of this thing every day, yeah, like, Every day, I would send it to the group text and Zard be like, "Oh, look, there he is again!" Like every day, he'd be there, and I got sloppy, dude. Like I was just like, "Oh, I'll kill him; it's no big deal." And I got up there, and he's a nice deer, you know, like a hundred and fifty-five inch ten pointer, maybe, maybe a little bigger than that. And uh, I, he winded me twice, two different times. I boogered him up. All right. That that happens right. that happens a lot to guys. Now I want to talk to you what led you to being sloppy, right? Because I think a lot of people they get comfortable in doing the same thing over and over, or maybe even uh, they've had a success X number of years in a row, and that's led to them getting almost overconfident in a certain scenario. What led to you getting sloppy? All of the above, yeah. overconfidence. Um just not staying on my toes like we were busy at work and and i work within 15 minutes of where i hunt where that deer was at so i could slide up there after work and he was just there so much and and it's a hard place because you have to have an east wind and a northeast wind should work it should work and we get those quite a bit we don't get very many straight east but a northeast should work and i and frank and i have tried it up there in the past and we in the when the leaves are on the wind swirls on the Northeast back in this pocket where that deer comes from. And I know that, but I was just like, Oh, I'll be fine. You know, I'll just run up there after work. Frank was working. I'll just go by myself, slide in there and make it happen. Right. And I just, you know, up there drinking coffee, chilling out, whatever, right after work, still my work clothes, like just and, and the wind swirled. Right. I mean, he's coming him in a, a big, like a, seven or eight year old eight point that we've got up there and they're both coming i'm like man this is perfect and wind swirls and there he goes and it's just like you know there's so much mental preparation that needs to go into it too to, to prepare yourself for yeah for the hunt right if yeah. you're not mentally prepared yeah you know, and i was i was not mentally prepared right like i was yeah so ready you, to go you knew mental. you knew that you probably shouldn't have been in there on a northeast wind then yeah, yeah, but I'm just like, huh, I'll just walk up there and kill the sucker like I always do. Yeah. No big deal. It's, it'll just, 
Deer's going to walk out down there. Do 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 do. Done deal. Yeah. He's there every day. Yeah, I'll, I you find myself. What? Second time, I did the same thing. So you did it two times in a row. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Like a week later, I go back. Same wind. Slightly different. It had a little bit more east in it. Yeah. But I know when the leaves are on the trees, sometimes when that wind comes over the tops of the trees, it sucks backwards. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like in a cove. And I, I and I, anyway, yeah, I did it twice. <laughs> that sucks, man. I've been there before, especially when you, um, you know, I, I've had, I could share a hundred examples of doing something that you just did. And then I can also share different examples of, you know, when you are, in the midst of the hunting season and maybe you get a phone call from home or you get a phone call from work or you're thinking about something completely different than walking to the tree stand and hunting that night you got something else going on in the back of your head and you make a mistake that costs you uh that entire hunt right Right. so the the first time that you busted him or that deer busted you, did you end up coming back and checking trail cameras? Was he still on, on the farm? Yeah. So, so a doe came first and she picked, she, she just caught a whip of me just a little, like it wasn't like a complete, Oh my God, I'm going to die. I got to run type deal. It was just something's not right. Yeah. I think the wind just backdrafts enough there that they never get like the full nose full of it. You know, it's just kind of like, Hmm. It's a little strange. Yeah. So she turned around and kind of just headed back to the woods. And you know how those big deer are. They're not stupid. So. Yeah. They So so they, he never actually got a nose full of me then. She smelled me. They followed her out. I gotcha. Um, a week later. And, and I, had a, I had a cell camera there. And, and he was he was back like a couple of days later. Gotcha. Um, still every day. So then I went back and tried it again. And he come, this time he comes like three quarters of the way to me. He's probably like 50 yards. I'm like, I'm just going to walk right up here in front of me. I'm good. And the wind sucked right around there and caught him again. Yeah. And this time he did get a whole nose full of you. Oh, yeah. 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 And then and after- I still had pictures of him after that, and then he left. But he always does. He usually leaves like, like right at the end of October. Okay. And then he's never around anymore. Right. Until so, next year, if he's still alive. At that point, like – knowing what you know now about this deer's annual habits. Um, so you won't know if he survived until sometime in the spring when he comes back and you start getting camera uh, trail cam pics of him again. Right. Correct. Okay. Yeah, I won't have any clue. All right. So once you bust, once he bu- busted you for the second time, did he bolt? I mean, did he split the farm or did he come back after that? He was only nocturnal then. Nocturnal. He was there a little, a few more times. He was straight nocturnal, and that was it. Now, you know, up up there where that's at, there's some houses that are close around that whole woodlot. So, you know, I, they smell people a lot. Yeah. But they they know when you're back there hunting them, and when you're back there cutting firewood. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. They know. Yeah, I uh, I got several. It's funny because there's a little uh, development over across the highway from where I'm at and you can walk down the paths there and they'll just stare right at you. But the moment I go back into that same area on a piece of public and I'm quiet and I'm not making any noise and they smell humans, they're gone. Right. It's, uh, it's, but they'll sit there and they'll watch kids swing in their backyard and play and all that (laughs) stuff. And it's almost like if I was, if I was working a chainsaw on the way to my tree stand, I would have much better odds maybe you should drive in there and make more noise right <laughs> yeah yeah if i could man i would um it's like when we go to dust the first time i went turkey hunting out at dustin's you know to the wyoming thing with the electrical work i go out there and we're building the lodge and we're wiring it and we're going to go turkey hunting and you know i like to go hunting like i'm probably a hard person to guide like with dustin because i'm i like to be in charge and i feel like i know every i'm a know-it-all and you know i'm going to go do my own thing and we come rolling down this hill and dude, there's turkeys everywhere. And they're right around this house. And I'm like, don't even tell me we're going to go hunt these turkeys. Like at this house. Yeah. And Dustin's like, yeah, dude, this is where they all roost at night is in these cottonwoods around this house. I mean, there's like a hundred of them. Yeah. And I was like, well, dude, I, I mean, yeah, whatever. I, I guess we'll go shoot a turkey, but you know, I want to hunt them. Dustin's like, well, what's wrong hunting them down here? 
I'm like, well, they're right by the house. I don't want to go hunt somebody's <laughs> yard since he's tame turkeys. Dude, you could go stand on the porch and feed them suckers. If they were 100 yards away from that house, they were scared to death of you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they knew, you know. Yeah. Like, they they know. And I guess out west, you know, that's where they survive, just eating cattle feed and whatever else around those houses, right? Yeah. Well, it's the same thing with the mule deer on the the private piece that I had access to. If I was, right. if I would have been wearing bright blue overalls, I would have been able to <laughs> to walk right up to them and pet them. But the right. second a guy, you know, who's walking slow and cautious up off the off the gravel driveway where no other guys, unless I was in a tractor, right? Then they're just like, boom, something's not right with that guy. I'm out of here. And then they'll split. Right. So, yeah, they know. so after, they know for sure. after that, uh, deer went nocturnal and left. Um, did you have another couple deer or another deer in mind that was on the properties that was active or that you said, okay, well, he's a shooter. I'm going to go after him. This, uh, this, this eight pointer that I just killed last week or week, whenever that was a week and a half ago or may, no, was last week. Um, I'd had pictures of that deer all summer, and that was like my main target over here at the house. But like he, that deer wasn't here last year, so I wasn't thinking, man, I'm I'm gonna go hunt that deer. You know, he I I just had some pictures of him this summer. I had one picture of him last year, like a like he was like a mile away from where I got the picture of him, and it was just one little sequence of pictures. So I started getting pictures in the summer, like, oh, that's that deer I had the one pictures of over there on the neighbors. So I thought, man, he's really cool. Uh, I, I'm going to try to hunt that deer. So, but I just never got any pictures of him anymore. I'm like, well, oh, well, he's going to be gone. But he was just in the back of my mind, like, that's the deer I'm going to hunt. Yeah. So we had the day there, it was when we had the horrible wind, like when all your stuff blew down your yard. In, in August? No, we had, that, well, that was then. We had one in November over here. Oh, okay. It just trashed everything, right? It was like 50, 50 mile an hour. You know, like our yard, like when yours was just trashed. Yeah. Like that's what everybody's stuff was. Well, that day, it was on a Sunday because we got home from church and I was like, I'm going to go up the road and check a camera. And I ran up the road in the truck and I drove back to this camera and it's in the very back of a field and there's a bunch of like switchgrass, pollinator program stuff in the coves and I got a trail mode that goes down through that with the tractor. And I drove up there and the wind's blowing like, I'm not kidding you, probably like 50 straight out of the West. And I looked down that trail and there wasn't any deer there. And I grabbed the camera and I card out of it and I go home. I'm talking to Emily and I'm clicking through there and there's a picture of him. I'm like, Holy crap, there he is. And it was, uh, I can't remember the exact time. Let's just say like 1257. And the next picture was me at like 1259 <laughs> in your truck, in my truck. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I know he went down that trail in the grass and you know, if you're walking, you can get a long ways in two minutes, Yeah. you know, and the wind's blowing 50. He surely didn't see me or I would have seen him because the grass was real tall. He'd had been on that trail because he didn't hear me coming. I was like, well, I, I got to go up there and try it. So it's like where he went is on my neighbor's farm. And it's the part like he loves to hunt like that, like that's his favorite spot to hunt there. So he wasn't down. So I texted him and I, and I said, Hey Mike, you know, that, that deer went up there. He, he's headed, he's headed in there. You care if I go hunt there in the thicket? And he's like, no, by all means get after him, do whatever you want. And I was like, all right. So, but dude, it's like blowing hard. So I, I call Frank. I'm like, Hey man, this deer just went in there we got to try him. And, and he was on a big deer over his other lease. And he's like, well, I, I'm going to, dude, I don't want to go. I'm, I'm going to go over there. If you feel like you got to try it, go try it. Well, he didn't want to get up in the tree because it was blown. Sorry. Cause we had a bad experience of that years ago. And that's a whole nother story. But the, so, so I go up there and I get in the tree and it's a great big black Oak. So it's a pretty big tree, but there's trees, you know, the wind's blowing hard. There's trees falling and stuff. And I'm like, man, I don't know. So I, I hang out a while and I'm in there, blah, blah, blah. I'm ready to go. I'm self-filming. So I'm in this big oak, black oak. I'm against the trunk and out in front of me, there's another trunk that comes off of it split at the bottom. So I got the camera arm like out in front to my left. 
I'm like, well, if the deer comes in front, I can film him left-handed, shoot him. If he's behind me, I'll be okay. So right about dark, like a half hour before dark, it starts getting calm, and I hadn't seen him. I thought, man, I need to rattle and just see if he's here before he gets up and leaves. So I rattled fairly light in case he was close. Nothing happened. I waited like 15 minutes. It got even calmer, and this time I got after it, like could smell the horns burn, and I rattled so hard, you know. Yeah. And I look behind me, and here he comes. No shit. And I'm like, huh, I'm a genius. I put that <laughs> camera arm to my left. He's going to walk right up here 15 yards. I'm going to drill him. No big deal. Here he comes. He circles around the other side of the tree. I'm like, oh, no. There's a little buck over there, and he's going to him. So he's like 20, 15 yards behind me. But now I've got to try to get the camera between my body and the tree and film that way. And I, I, couldn't, get, I couldn't get it through there, so I like have to unclip my harness to get the camera through and then try to clip back up there because the wind's blowing hard, and I clinked my my uh, carabiner when I clipped back on. You could have yelled at that deer it was blowing so hard, and he wouldn't have heard you. Yeah. He heard that pink in the woods. So anyway, I get drilled back on him. I got the camera between me and the tree. I'm drew back on him. I'm not looking at him because he's looking at me, and I feel like, you know, when you look at the deer, I feel like they can feel it sometimes. Yeah. So I'm one of those guys. So I'm trying, I'm watching through the camera screen. I'm like, man, he needs to take five steps, and I can shoot him. And he starts walking, and there was an opening there that I didn't see, but he was already through it too late. So now I'm on him. I need him to take another step. The wind gusts, the camera starts blowing to the right, the deer's going to the left. I'm like, man, I, I need to get my camera right. I'm not going to shoot him off film. So I take my elbow and kind of, I'm drew back, but I moved my elbow forward to push on the camera arm. And I'd been drew, draw back so long my body couldn't hold it, right? So once my elbow started coming around, my shoulders lost it. And it wasn't like a fast go forward. It still, I still had control of it. And right when I about got drawn down, I bumped my stinking release on my coat. And the arrow goes up in the air like a lollipop and lands right behind his butt. <laughs> and off he goes oh man when are people gonna learn that self-filming saves more bucks than, <laughs> than anything i know man that's why it's i don't terrible. do that shit anymore i know and i was just like oh my god did that just happen like you know how how fast your mind works, right? Yeah. Like the the point of time it takes to from your, your you lose draw and your arms going down is is a split second. And in my mind, I'd already thought I'm like I'm good, I'm good, I still got control of it. It's blowing 50 mile an hour. I mean, it wasn't then; it was finally blowing like 15. I'm like, I you know, he's not going to hear me. He's not even looking at me. I'm good. And I and it was like I had it was almost like I had a mental lapse again, right? Like I just wasn't mentally prepared. And I quit thinking about what I was doing and almost moved on to the next step of the process. And I bumped my release off my coat, like right at the bottom of the draw, like letting it down, my thumb release. And it just goes, I'm not kidding. It must went 30 foot up in the air straight up. And it lands like five yards from him right behind his butt. I was, I was talking to another guy uh, about this the other day where, you know, it's like, you know, that the second that arrow comes off the rest, what where it's going and there's times where in the past where it's either been a miss right I, and most of them have been misses where it it's it the the arrow's a foot off the bow and you're just like god you know like son of a bitch and, and you can't do anything about it right you just whiffed that shot and right, you watch it. yeah you just watch it sail over their back or underneath of them by you know five yards or whatever and uh, yeah, that's pretty frustrating. So, so you had that little snafu, uh, and what, this is the buck that you ultimately killed late season, right? Yeah, correct. Okay. Yep. So question on this then is what made that big oak tree in the terrain surrounding it, uh, a desirable place for deer to work through? There's really thick bedding cover on both sides of it. Um, we've logged that part of the farm and it, and it's just like the, the stem count, I guess you'd say of the small trees in there is just wild, but he was down low, kind of out of the wind. And he was just in there kind of going between bedding areas, I think. And, And I think what he'd ultimately done was he moved in there 
after I got the picture of him and laid down for a few hours or a couple hours, and then I just happened to, you know, I was close to him. I, I was within 250 yards of where I got his picture, but in the direction that he was heading. Like, I would have never, ever tried to hunt there in the afternoon, like ever. Even if I, even if the wind was blowing that hard, I wouldn't have tried to sneak in there. I just did it because I had his picture, yeah. but I also know I'm not aggressive enough most of the time when I'm hunting. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's why he was there. But dude, like after it happened, I, I, I honestly, it was so funny, like the arrow just floop and landing <laughs> behind me, but I, I just sat there and laughed yeah. and I was just like, I, I can't believe I just did that. Yeah. Like, like I just laughed about that's it. That's a rookie mistake, Fawcett. I know, I know. But the thing is, like, I'm not going to shoot one off camera. Like, I'm not going to. Like, yeah. I'm just not going to do it, you know. And I just, I don't know. I, it probably, dude, I just wasn't mentally prepared again, right? Like, that's the struggle. Like, you're just not dialed in. I feel like people that religiously kill big deer, like, all the time, really clean, are just dialed in. Like, yeah. they're just always dialed in. Let me ask you this. You said never. How big would a buck have to be for you to go, I'm not even messing with a camera? It could be the world record and I still wouldn't shoot it off Bullshit. Bullshit. I wouldn't. No way. No. Has nothing, it has nothing to do with, it has nothing to do with putting up, putting it on bow or die for czar. I don't give a shit. Like, if I take the camera, I'm shooting it on film because that's the end goal. <sighs> Like, I'm not shooting one off the camera. World record whitetail, typical whitetail, walks up to you, and he's in an awkward spot, and you have the opportunity to shoot the world record typical. You're not going to. If if I did, if I did, it would suck the enjoyment out of it for me for my life. I would be disappointed in myself. Get out of here, dude. I guess I can't tell you I 100% wouldn't do it, but I can promise you I would 100% be disappointed in myself for doing it, no matter what. Even if I made $5 million You're crazy. on every magazine cover in the world. Well, hey, here's, here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, I'm going to send one wish out into the universe this year. <laughs> and I hope that the world record buck, I'm going to wish that the world record typical buck walks at an awkward angle to your tree stand this year where you have to decide shoot him and kill him easy shot but it might not be easy if you have to bring the camera to him so i hope you have to make that decision this year that's my goal <laughs> it's just one of those things right like if you're ever going to shoot one like like here's here's my thing if i'm like self-filming like when frank's working or, or we're just not getting hooked up or whatever we're doing like self-filming sucks it does Right? Yep. Like it sucks. It sucks. But it's what I do at times. Yeah. So if I'm going to do it, then I need to go do it. Yeah. And, and that doesn't, and by shooting one off camera, why the hell am I hauling 50 pounds of shit around on my back all day long? That's a fact. And taking the extra half hour it takes to get ready for no reason. Yeah. I might as well just leave all this stuff at home. Yeah. I feel you. I get it. You know what I mean? I get it. I get it. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, still crazy. I still think you're crazy, but uh, it makes sense, man. So so after that encounter then, um, did that buck split or did he? was he still in the area? No, he was still here. Yeah. He was still here. I, I got a few pictures of him just around. Like he was really a traveler. He he was around, and I'm trying to think. Dude, this deer's got a great story. I, I don't even know. I, I can't remember if Frankie, I Frankie had already killed his big deer. Then we, we killed a big deer uh, Halloween morning. Frank shot a uh, big deer, and then this would have been like was sometime mid November, like the eighth or tenth when that happened, I believe. So, so I so that happens to that deer. He's gone. I go home. I'm just, I, I'm just like in awe that it happened. Like, how did I mess that up? Right. Like, right. Like, like, how did I do that? Right. Like, even if, 
even if I said, well, it's Frankie's fault, he should have been there filming. I should, I still should have killed him on my own. Yeah. Right. Like I wasn't mentally in the right place. Like I made a mistake. And when you're going to shoot big deer, you can't make mistakes. Yeah. So, so anyway, you know, which I'm not blaming Frank. I don't blame him for not getting up in the tree either. Right. It was blowing hard, like wild hard. So I go home, a few days go by. Frank and I are hunting a little bit. He ended up getting called back to work for a different job at the powerhouse. I go, I, I've got this spot down below my house where we get like every, no, let's see. I'm trying to think about this. So, okay. So after I shoot that deer, it's like three days go by. After, right? after Frank shoots his deer, three days go by. No, Frank shoots his deer. Yeah, Frank shoots his deer. Then it's like five or six days. I miss the big eight-pointer. Yep. Then like three days after that, I'm at work, and I get a picture on my cell camera. And and that deer was over down the road behind my house at like one o'clock in the afternoon. So, or 11.30 in the morning, something like that. And I'm like, well, I, I got to try to get in there tonight. So I got hung up at work. I couldn't get out early. But I've got this blind that's back in the switchgrass where you can just kind of slide through it and get up in the blind and nothing can see you coming and you can kind of hunt it late. You know, like you can get there late. Good access. Good access. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I got to try it. Like I, I, I don't feel like I'm going to kill him because it was warm, but, but I know he was there. So I got like the latest MRI at where he's at, right? Like I got to get in there and try him. So I come home. I'm throwing all my stuff together. I get my backpack on. I got my horns, all my stuff. I'm ready to go. My little girl, Whitley, who's two, comes outside, and she is not very happy. She's crying. No, Daddy, no. I go. I go. I was like, y you can't go, on, and she's just upset. Now, when I was 28, first started this, I would leave Avery at the house crying every night and just go, <laughs> like, like, you know, toughen up. You're being a wuss. Yeah. I'm going hunting. Yeah. And my wife was like, you need to not do that, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, ah, he's little. It don't matter what I do with him until he's like seven or eight. He don't care. He don't remember. Well, I was wrong, right? Like, I know I was wrong. So she's like, she wants to go. So I, I'm like, well, okay. So I take my backpack off and I set it on the table outside, take all my stuff off, and I put her in my truck. And she likes to sit on the console between the driver's seat and the passenger seat. Like, I flip the console down. Yep. She sits up on top there. We go putting down the country road so she can see and we look at stuff. So I take her for a ride. Dude, now it's like maybe an hour and 15 minutes before it gets dark. Yeah. I get home. I get her in the house. She's all happy. I'm like, all right, hon. Emily, I'm running over here this blind real quick. See if he shows up. So I walk outside. I grab my backpack. I already got my horns on it. I throw my, I throw it up. I snap it, and I can't get it snapped. So I like kind of do one of those jumps, you know, like bounce your pack up higher. And yeah. then snap it, yeah. and the freaking horn comes off and comes around the rope and almost pokes my eyeball out. Hits me <laughs> right below the eye. I get this huge, freaking, massive ball on my eye. Fills up with blood, and it is just squirting out like you're using like a squirt gun. Every time my heart beats, I'm like, oh no. This is so, this is rattling antlers that cause this. Yes, like the <laughs> end of the main beam. Swings around on the rope. because I, So I got a rope tied between them, right? Yeah. And I got them over my pack. So one's on the left, one's on the right. And like the camera arm and the way I rig my pack holds them on there. So, but when I lean forward to bounce my pack up, right? Like I, I don't put my pack on with them on there. I always put my pack on, then put the horns on. But since I'd already had my pack on once and then took it off, they were already there. Yeah. Well, it swings around like a pendulum and just whack right <laughs> under my right eye. Dang. That's so I tell you what, I and, did what anybody would do. I, I grabbed a washcloth and went to the blind. Yeah. And, and, uh, partly out of embarrassment because I didn't want to have to sit there and deal with my wife telling me how big of an idiot I am. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, I go to the blind and I don't see him. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, well, crap. Well, if your rattling antlers are anything like my rattling antlers, all the tips are broken off from rattling. And right. they're, they're just, they're not the dull tips of a, an antler. They're, sh they're like all 
sharp and jagged. Right, right. <laughs> That's how mine are, and they're like a heavy, like a 145-inch set, 10-point set, but they got like 5-inch, five 5-inch, five 5.5-inch mass. Like, they're heavy, so they yeah. make a lot of noise, you know? Yeah. So, so anyway... I didn't get him that night either, needless to say. Okay. So, so when does this uh, nine-pointer with junk come into play? So, well, like five or six days later after that, um, that deer I had pictures of him down below my house, and I wanted to hunt him. And I've got a spot down there in the creek bottom where the, I get every big deer on the entire farm during, you know, sometime normally between like the – 18th 17th 18th and like the 24th of november like thanksgiving like sometime in there they're always down there it's like the last place they go to rut the last those come in they're down there searching whatever but we always get smelled wind swirls horrible down there so i i get a morning and frank and i had to stand there and we took it down years ago because we, we just it's the best place on the farm to get smelled every time so we just can't go down there so I put this stand back up um, this summer. I'm like, I just got to try it. Well, Frank had to go to work on a Monday, and I'm like, I'm going to go down there by myself. We've got like a four-mile-an-hour, five-mile-an-hour straight northwest wind, and it's really cold, like 25, 24, 25, and it's going to warm up to like 35, 36 and be sunny. So I'm like, I got a little while. My thermals are going to go up. You know, I'm going to try it. Yeah, You got any spots like that where it's just like they smell you every time you're in there? Um, I have a couple spots that if I'm, if I'm playing the aggressive card, uh, I have to let the deer movement move by me. So, so basically what I'm getting at is, um, if I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that the shooter buck shows up because any other deer that walk through have a good chance of catching miles onyx or, or me, you know what yeah. I mean? So catching on the other side. Yeah, so I'm letting I'm letting stuff walk through a shooting lane and they're gonna on the other side, they're gonna they're gonna probably get me, depending on how aggressive I play. Right, right. So you know, like after the first mess up with that big deer smelling me, and I, I'm just like now I'm I'm dialed in, right? Like I'm I'm nervous. I don't like deer ever knowing I'm there anyways. I know the wind's gonna be right, I'm going down there on Monday morning blah 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 dude i don't even hardly sleep right like i was up the night before checking trail camera pictures from years before yeah. and they're all and i, I know when they're down there but i'm just going through it because i can't sleep i'm like i, I know they're going to be there i know they're going to be there so th- that was like the the deer that i would hunt behind my house I, I that was the one deer i was going to shoot back there and uh so i go down there i get down there early i walk down there i take my wind checker and i i'm underneath the tree and I'm like puffing it out and the wind's kind of sucking backwards the wrong direction. And I'm like, man, I can't hire. I need to go on. And we got to, we got to stand that's on past that and up this ridge. And then when you're on the ridge, the wind's good, but you can see back down in there and you watch them walk by that spot all the time when you're up there on that ridge. I'm like, just go up on the ridge stand. It's safer. Uh, and I was just kind of like, you know what? Why are you being such a pussy? Like you've been thinking about this for the last, month you need to get or since summer you need to get down here when the conditions are this and all those boxes are checked just climb up in the tree and go hunting and if it happens it happens just quit overthinking everything so i climbed up in the tree i get everything ready i sit down it's breaking light like it's starting to get light enough i could see and possibly shoot i stand up and i'm like i better get my gopro turned on above my head i stand up and turn it on and I turn around and there's a doe and a fawn right in front of me. I'm like, oh my God, there's no way they didn't see me. And she just kind of looks around and then walks right through where they normally would smell you. And just walks right on down the trail. I was like, huh, this might work. Yeah. I'm like, I sure wish a big one would just come down that same path. Like, that'd be nice. Why don't you just walk from up there down here? I sat there five minutes and here he come. Right, right. Same path. Just walking. Walks right down through there, like 28 yards or something. I shoot. I, I get so jacked up sometimes, right? Like I'm just, you know how I am. I'm so high strung. Here he, here he comes, and I, I got to stop him. Dude, there ain't a breath of wind. I go, man, and in my mind, he hasn't stopped yet. My mind's racing so fast, so I bleed again. Man, man, and he's on edge. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I held down to shoot him in the heart, and I shot him right through the high shoulder like you chew him with a gun, and it just dumped him. Just yeah. That's it. So um, did you have history of this deer at all? I mean, did you know he was there, or is this a bonus buck? No, I knew, I knew he was down there. He'd been there the year before. I just never hunted him. Yeah. Um, but he, he wasn't like on my target list. Like I just, I went into season not really having any deer besides that one that I goofed up. Where I was like, man, I, I really think I can go hunt that deer. Yeah. Like I just, I, I wasn't too really spun up on anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but, but dude, like it was great, right? Like I killed him and I sat there for, so I, so I shoot him, hit him high in the shoulder. He drops and he doesn't move at all. And I can see the blood just pooling on the ground but i'm like there's no way like i don't know what happened because i tried to heart shoot him i mean i and it was dead calm i knew he was going to drop out of there but like i just i i drew my bow back and he didn't move and i'm like i gotta get down and i grabbed an arrow bailed out of the tree and he got up and walked like five yards and fell down again and i ran over there and shot him again um just because I was already over there. Yeah. And I just went and climbed back up in the tree and sat there for like, I don't know, a couple, three hours probably. And just, just looking at him. Yep. Just took it all in. Yeah. Like I, like, you know, you hear so much stuff on podcasts or, you know, I listen to Mark Drury talk all the time, whatever on like deer history and stuff happening same time every year. And, you know, you can hunt spots like that. If your thermals will go up and different things and, I was like, huh, I, I actually did it. You know, it might've just yeah. been luck that they didn't film me the first time or whatever, but I was like, hmm. you know, that actually worked. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this, man. When, when you put a, a game plan together in your head and you, you put it into motion and then something happens to where it works. I'm not going to lie, man. I, I get pretty proud of myself. Um, that would have been, let's see, that would have been in what last year and the year before. So it would have been 19 and, or excuse me, 18 and 19 where I had those, those first time in, right. Or whether it was first time in, or it was maybe, uh, um, you find your, your, you're scouting during the season or you're doing something and it leads you to make a decision to make a move in a specific area and set up in a specific tree because that's what the sign's telling you to do. And that's what, you know, all the information and data that you've gathered all over the years has told you what to do. You put it in motion and it works. I feel, I feel like I'm the shit. (laughs) Like I feel, I feel like I'm the best bow hunter in the world when that goes down, man. Right. Like when I, after I shot that deer, that's how I felt. Yeah. Like I was just like, I, I, I did that. Like I made that happen. Yeah. I love, I like love you didn't when make to... it happen, but you feel like you made it happen. Right. There's so right. much stuff that's got to get in line for that to happen. But yeah. I was like, man, that worked. Like yeah. I thought about it. You ever think like, if you think about stuff long enough, you can eventually like influence what happened by thinking about it man if that was the case i'd have two 200 inch deer on my wall (laughs) (laughs) i i thought about there's been a couple deer in in my past that i have like i I go back to this shipwreck story right from 2007 from i still remember what tree i was sitting in yeah oh dude from the second time yeah from 2000 no 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 yeah 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 Anyway, go ahead. From from 2007 to 2011, this is no joke. I thought about one deer every day for that for that period of time. I I thought about that buck every single day of my life, from the time I had my very first encounter with him to the the day that I found out he was dead. And I, dude, I I thought I think about I thought about him all the time because I wanted him so bad and, uh, and it didn't work. <laughs> the, the neighbor shot him, but, uh, I thought about him enough to, I was hoping, you know, you go, you, you make your move into these, into these, uh, 
these stand locations where you know a particular buck lives and all you're thinking about is he's going to come out of that thicket he's going to walk down this drainage and he's going to pop up on the other you know on the other side he's going to set check that and then you know in the meantime he's walking right by me and right and you you visualize it but i, I wish i had the power to uh change reality like we like sometimes i think about like i think about it so much i, I like this is when it's going to happen yeah. where it's going to happen how it's going to happen and i've had it work a couple times and it's like hmm, did that just happen because i thought about it so much right. like <laughs> like somehow it happens but you know like talking about shipwreck i just i do not you know it's almost back to your question like did you have a deer you're really hunting yeah i i don't let myself i try not to let myself get attached to them anymore yeah like like I just don't like the the first big deer I ever hunted where I was really honed in on him. We called him strict nine. Like I hunted him for a long time. And then, and, and the only reason I can remember anything I'm telling you about this story is because my wife reminds me about it all the time, but the neighbors drove a holler and shot him in front of my house, gut shot him. And I watched him crawl across the field on his front legs. And I, and then they were out of bullets and they ran back to the truck, got bullets, ran back out across the field and shot him. And I stood in my front yard and bawled. And it was on my <laughs> wife's birthday. It was on my wife's birthday. <laughs> so so I hear about it all the time. And after that, I was like, this is a little out of control. Yeah. Like, why why was I so worried about that stupid deer? Yeah. But it, it's you know, I don't think it's the deer so much as it is the goal. Like yeah. I'm I'm addicted to the goal. But anyway, so I try not to get too too attached to them too yeah plus then it plus then if your neighbor kills them it makes it to where you can't enjoy it yeah because you're you're too jealous yeah. right and upset that the story's over and it wasn't you yeah that's so. a fact man that and that'll kill friendships that'll kill relationships that'll that'll bring poison into your body and it's just not worth it well it's ruined deer hunting yeah right like that's that's part of you know it's not healthy for deer hunting in general yeah, that's a fact. So I want you to describe the rack of this deer because, you know, you always have this, you always have this, uh, this debate, you know, or on Instagram or Facebook, you see people go, all right, what would you rather have a non-typical or a typical? And, and there's one characteristic that I absolutely love if I could create my own deer. And that is a double split or a three point antler like oh, yeah tine and the turkey foot the turkey foot and your buck had the turkey foot on it so like number one uh, give the listeners an idea of how old this buck was what he looked like and then maybe guess his, his score so so last year he was just a he was a slick nine pointer and he was a four-year-old and i would have probably i would have probably shot him last year if i would have seen him but i just never hunted down in there excuse me um this year, he was still a big nine-point frame as a five-year-old. He was a big nine-point frame, but he had a split two with a turkey foot on it. Like a, it was split on one side. It was split both sides, but the, the right side had a split two with the turkey foot coming off the bottom of the split. And, dude, he was so cool. And I thought, man, you know, I, I, I killed several deer in my life, but – I've only killed one deer that was non-typical and around here. Most of the deer we ever have on, at least at my house are always just slick tip, typical eights or 10. Yeah. Like that's just what they are. So I'm like, that deer is really cool. I'd love to get down in there and hunt him. But I, I knew he was only on the back part of the farm. And like I've said already, it, it was hard to hunt. So man, when I seen him, he looks, the, the deer scored 159 and he looks like 175 when he's coming down through the woods. Like he's framed real wide like 12 inch twos, you know, big, big deer, real good mass. Um, he had like 21 inch or 22 inch beams. So he didn't have real long beams, but just real heavy. And man was, is he cool? That Turkey foot, I agree with you hundred percent. Like it's so cool. Yeah. So cool. And I thought about, I kind of got out of mountain deer. I've been like doing European mounts on them and I like being able to pick them up and look at them. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. As compared to if they're on the wall and you can't really take them down. Yeah. And yeah. He's going to be cool. I can put him on like my desk or something. Like he's just really sweet. 
Yeah. I, uh, I don't know, man. Like for some reason I look at, I look at my deer as a piece of art almost that I shoot. Right. And if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna shoot it, it's getting mounted. Like that's the way I'm, I look at things right that right now. Now that's for my Iowa deer. Now, if I'm going to, um, South Dakota or another state where my, my, my goal will be different than a four-year-old mature whitetail like I have access to in my farms. It'll be smaller probably. That's probably when I'll do the whole Euro thing. Right. So, right. I don't know. That's just my thought process and, at this you point. You know, that's a whole debate too. Like, I feel bad not getting them, getting them mounted. Yeah. Like, I, like it, it bothers me sometimes because I'm like, well, why did I, why am I shooting deer if I'm not going to get them mounted? But yeah. then it's like, well, some deer only get so big. Not every deer, you know, I, I don't get to live in Iowa and not every deer can be a 200 inch deer or 180 inch deer or hundred some deer don't even get to be 150 inch deer, no matter how long you let them live. Yeah. So I mounted a lot of deer when I was younger than I shouldn't have. So I've got several deer mounted and I only have so much space. So now it's kind of like, well, the rule is now if it won't go boon, I'm not getting it mounted. Yeah. Was my rule. At least that's what I say in my head. But dude, that last year I killed that big eight point. He is pretty freaking sweet. Yeah. So I might get him mounted. I don't know. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So congrats on that buck. And then your season's not over yet. You still got that other tag in your pocket. Like in your opinion, when does the, I guess the late season start for you? Cause I know it's one of your favorite times to hunt. It's it's my all time favorite time to hunt. Like I absolutely love it. Why? If I could hunt any time, it'd be the last three weeks. Like don't if if you're gonna ask me and force me to not hunt, I, I'm I'm not going till the last three weeks from Christmas till the end. Why? Like that's when I like to go. So, you know, this year we haven't had a ton of weather, but you know I, I was on some deer, so I killed that other deer like the 18th of November, the first deer. And then I hunted, I, I've hunted so much off and on, it's hard for me to remember when I went, but I went quite a bit. But once, you know, I stayed out of the timber and it was just hunting the edges, places where I had great access, not messing anything up, just kind of waiting. And I had had a couple pictures of this deer again and I had hunted him, but I never, ever seen him. And then um, late season gets here. I, I'd been bouncing around a couple different farms no big shooters anywhere that I wanted to shoot, but I'd been seeing a lot of deer. And like late season, I like going, taking the heater, getting in the blind, taking somebody with me, whatever, you know, chilling out. Usually I'll gain 10 pounds because I drink a ton of coffee mixed with hot chocolate, um, (laughs) which isn't healthy for you at all. And sit there. And I like seeing a bunch of deer, right? So you go, you'll see, you know, like a lot of times late season, I probably average, I don't know, 15, 17 deer set. Um, but it's just fun. Plus, plus it seems like everybody's already got one, usually maybe got one shot and, and it's more relaxed, more uh, buddy hunting. You know, we're going to shoot one and nobody's going to be worried about getting out in the morning going rut hunt. So we're going to go have a little party, enjoy it. Right. Right. So that, that's the thing I love about it. It's a little bit more relaxed. Yeah. Um, so I've been hunting, but I, I just hadn't been on anything, but I've still been going. Cause that's what I do. It's almost just out of habit. And, uh, I got a picture of this deer two weeks ago at 1130 in the morning on a doe. And I was like, man, there he is. And I had seen like two weeks before this, a mile away from where I shot him. And, and I was just like, huh, he finally came back. Maybe he's going to move in on this bean. There's a patch of beans up there. Maybe he's going to move in on this patch of beans. And, uh, he never showed back up. I never had any pictures. I went up and hunted him like the next night. Never had any pictures. Um, my neighbor come down. He hunted up there like two or three days in a row in that same. It's a, it's a blind, uh, ground blind that I've got on top of a steel platform that used to hold like a water barrel or a gas barrel back on the farm, old farm way back in the day. And I got a plywood platform up there. Okay. And uh, I moved it in there on this bean patch. So I'd hunted there, didn't see him. Mike had hunted up there a few days, never seen him. Um, and I was at work and I ended up getting called. I was going to hunt a different farm. I got called to go to a meeting, um, down at Rushville 
I was down there and I got home, dude, it was like three fifteen before three thirty when I got home. And I was like, Yeah, I ought to go up there. Maybe I'll just go get in the tree, like two hundred yards from those beans. And uh then if then I'll see if he's around. Right? Like maybe he's around but I won't spook anything getting down. I can wait till it's dark and kinda of slide out the back door. And we had did you guys have all that ice? Uh I think you guys got the ice. We got all the snow. Yeah, dude, we, we had like an inch of snow and like a half inch of ice. Yeah. So, I mean, like the trees were falling down. It was wild. So, I I head up there and I got this great idea. I'm going to go get in this tree. And I pull up there. I get all my stuff on. I got my harness, put it on. I'm headed. I'm getting to go across the field. And like there's a tree that falls down. I'm like, I can't go. I, I don't need to be sitting in the tree. Like, like I, I can't go over there and get in this tree. I don't know what I'm thinking. There's probably still a bunch of ice on it anyways. So... I go back to the truck, grab my tripod and the stuff I need to film out of the blind. Plus, Mike had forgot to put the, the pole in the middle of the blind back up the day before to hold the snow from crushing it. I'm like, I'll just go get in there. You know, I'll figure out, I'll have some Avery drive the truck up here and run them off or something. I don't have to worry about blowing them out of the field. I go up there on a whim. I saw uh, six or seven small bucks. They come out. I seen that we, we've got a. I mean, I haven't been talking about him, but it's going to be on the video, but we've got a giant three-year-old. Like, he's he's really cool. It's like 170-inch, maybe a little bigger than that, 10-point with a bunch of junk. He comes right in. He's like 15 yards away from me. I got some awesome video of him. He walks off. I'm just like, man, that was really cool. I got some more deer out there. The field ends up clear, ends up clearing from a deer blowing like 500 yards away because, you know, that's how they are late season. They're so spooky. I was actually doing like filling out some work safety sheets on my phone when the deer left. And I was like, out of, because I was supposed to get them done at work and had to go to that meeting. I'm like, man, I, I'll just get out of here while there's no deer and go back to the house and I'll finish this up. And I was like, no, you're going to go back to the house and find something else to do. Just sit here and finish your safety sheets, get them turned in, type them in like you're supposed to, and then go home. So I, dude, it took me like 15 minutes to do them. I look up and here comes a doe. I'm like, gosh, darn it. I should have got out and just done in my truck. And right behind her, there he was. He popped right out, walked right past that other tree I was going to be in, and uh, walked over there. And he was standing out on the beans like, I think he was 38 yards. And uh, that was it. Yeah. So I, I got zoned in on him. I'm like, it's too dark. Don't shoot him. It, it's too dark. I like to come up with all these excuses because I don't want to quit hunting. Yeah. I'm like, don't shoot him. It's too dark. It's too dark. And I was like, you know what? Just... I don't know why you're talking yourself out, but just shoot him. You shoot that far all the time. Like, I've been practicing like a ton all year. And uh, so the beans are clear full of ice and snow. Like it's nasty. I'm like, well, I can't shoot the beans. Like I cannot. I got to make sure I don't hit the beans. So there's one bean that was perfect. It was like right behind his shoulder sticking up. I'm like, just don't just aim at that bean. Just drop it right over. You're not going to, there's no way you're going to hit it. Just shoot right past it and drilling so he has his head down and i shoot him and he come when the arrow is probably you know it's hard to tell watching on the video how close it got to him but like 10 foot away man he comes unglued and drops and i shot him right in the spine and and uh that's your two buck season two buck season with no blood trails right hey don't need blood trails if they just drop right in front of you man right so i hate spine shooting them yeah but you know it happens yeah. that first year was crazy because i just shot through his shoulder like i must have hit them you know like you shoot him with a shotgun you've seen guys like drop him shooting him in the shoulder and, like that first year i shoot he just it just like it just drops him it goes like through the top of his shoulder underneath the spine and whacks the other shoulder and it just just drops him right there yeah but this one i hit him right in the spine well congratulations man you had one hell of a season it sounds like uh uh, you got it done. And, uh, I know you, are you already looking for, I mean that like you trying to figure out this three-year-old already? Well, we'll see if he lives. Yeah. You know, my neighbors, my neighbors are down. They, they, he almost shot him last weekend. Um, so if he makes it, then I'll, you know, we'll try to hunt him next year, but who knows, who knows if he makes it or not. When is the Illinois season over? About earlier. What's that? When is Illinois season over? 
It's over this weekend. Okay. So it's over Sunday. Okay. Yeah, I was done. So if he lives through Sunday, I'll have something to chase next year. And if he doesn't, then then I won't. Then you'll have to figure but something he's, else he's out. He's a cool deer. You'll see it on the video. Like, he's he's freaking sweet. And, you know, it's one of those things. It's not my farm. And I think part of the problem with deer hunting is forever we've tried to, including myself, we've tried to define what other people's hunts should be for them. Yeah. Right? Like, well, you shouldn't shoot that deer. It's not big enough. Or you shouldn't shoot this deer. It's not right. Or whatever. And, you know, I've tried to get away from that. And I decide, like, I, I could have shot this deer two or three, no, three times this year. I've had him under 20 yards. And, you know, I decided this summer when I was getting some pictures, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to shoot that deer. And I've got to be okay with somebody else killing him if I'm not going to shoot him. And if I'm not okay with somebody else shooting him, yeah. then I need to shoot him when he comes by and I get the chance. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good way to look at it, man. I, so if, if if my neighbor kills him, we'll go up there and celebrate and go get him and, you know, good for him. Yeah. Yep, yep. Well, hey, man, congratulations and uh, on an awesome season and good luck in uh, this next season. And uh, I'll, I'll talk to you again, man. So uh, thanks again, and uh, we'll talk to you when we talk to you. Yeah, sounds good, dude. Thank you. And that brings us to the end of another Nine Finger Chronicles episode. Huge shout out to Mr. Clinton Fawcett for hopping on the podcast and sharing his success with us this year, success and failures. Huge shout out to all of you for listening. Please follow along, subscribe to the Sportsman's Nation and the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast feeds. Please subscribe or follow along on the uh, Instagram and Facebook. And other than that, man, hopefully everybody has a good weekend. Get outside, enjoy Mother Nature, take your kids out if you can, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. 